Caltech Innovation is back-to-back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent-pending 15-round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear. That all comes standard. It's from Keltec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns. The P15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling, while the all-metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel. The P15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world. See the new 9mm P15 first, up close and personal at keltecweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. It's Groundhog Day all over again. Congress has to figure out how to control our nation's debt. What solutions is Kevin McCarthy discussing? And what's the real way to solve America's debt crisis? What should you be looking out for? The Watchdog on Wall Street, Chris Markowski, explains. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. According to three sources familiar with this matter, FBI uh, agents, as we speak, are searching President Biden's Rehoboth Beach home for classified documents. This comes, of course, after there have been a discovery of a number of batches of documents at his think tank here in Washington and also at his home in Wilmington, Delaware. Now, we know that the FBI searched his home in Wilmington, Delaware a couple of weeks ago and searched his think tank here in Washington back in mid-November. That was after that initial discovery was made of classified documents by Biden attorneys. Now, it's not clear what specifically they are searching for, how long they will be on the property, but we are told, and this is an important point, Mika, that there is no search warrant, that the White House Counsel's Office is investigating, and that this was planned. Oh, boy. Yes. It's not a raid, though. Notice that they're being very careful. It's a search It is a search, guys. Don't be mean. It's a search. Right? Welcome to the show. Your lovable, sweet little curmudgeon still freezing to death in Texas. It's ice day. So we appreciate you joining us. You can listen to the nationally syndicated radio show, folks, from sea to shining sea right here across the the fruited plains, so to speak. (laughs) And then, of course, you can... Listen to the show and watch the simulcast on YouTube, Facebook, uh, as well as via the first on Direct TV channel 349. So we also ask you to bear with us because everybody's iced in except for like two of us because this is it's nice to be able to have a studio in your home, so to speak. OK, so we've I, let's get right to it because there's a lot of the, this is a, the breaking story today uh, right now. And the breaking story is that they are uh, searching Joe Biden's. Delaware Beach Home. Now, here's where I'm already made of questions because I went back and I'm pulling this up right now. I went back because I had saved uh, one of the articles that I saw and I I wondered at the time whether or not this was going to come up because back when they did, the news came out of the initial search it was also revealed that, no, 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 there's no reason for anyone to go and search Biden's 
beach house because they already searched it. There's nothing there. They already looked through, so there's nothing there. Do you all remember that? Because I know I wasn't I wasn't crazy. I mean, I I mean, I remember them saying that they had and I I have one story where it was kind of just written as an aside, right? That they had already gone through and uh, there was nothing that he needed, you know, it was fine. So I am just I've got some questions because we were told that that was already done and taken care of. And that there was no need to do any of this. And and at the time we had all said, well, does does that mean who searched it? Was it the lawyers that went through this? Like who actually searched it? Now I have another question too because I just, I feel like the DOJ is running cover, which they are, it's not a feeling. They're running cover for the president. It's kind of weird. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. I mean, the New York Post was saying that, I'm going to pull this piece up because this was their piece this morning. Their uh, headline, FBI searching Biden Beach Home for Classified Documents report. Uh, they said that it's just, you, the, the New York Post doesn't think that the DOJ, they sound very skeptical of the DOJ. Because remember, and they also noted too that it was Biden's legal team. I have this old story from, from ABC that was back when the original thing was the original search of Penn Biden was found. And they said that, uh, no, they had already looked at the they had already looked at the beach house. And so there's no reason for any kind of searches. There's nothing there. And so I'm not the only one. I wasn't crazy because the New York Post had also said, remember, Biden's legal team said that they already searched the beach house and they found nothing. However, and this is where the New York Post doesn't is not taking the Department of Justice's words worth a grain of salt. They wrote, however, similar assurances were given about the president's Wilmington home before records were found there by the FBI on January 20th. So there's it. I don't think that this is a simple uh, Biden's cooperating because I kind of get the sense that there wasn't. It sounds like he wasn't cooperating, at least with the Delaware House, because the legal team was the one who apparently put the search off of the Delaware House because the legal team was the one who said that they had already looked and that there was nothing there. Right. I mean, that's that's at least what I'm getting from this. So. I'm not. I just have a lot of questions. The more relevant, the more of these revelations that that come out the worse it it bodes for biden it is it hurts him which i think that that is all it was designed to do if you are not convinced still that this is an absolute dem oppo i don't know what to tell you because it absolutely is a dem oppo fight there's no other way around it this is a democrat opposition fight the fact that this was kept so quiet for so long and it's only coming out now this is a dem oppo fight for real so a lot of questions a lot of questions. Now, remember, the beach house has been, he's, Biden's used it a lot. And they, and remember, every time he's gone to his beach house and every time there's been criticism of him going to his beach house, what do his people say? No, he's doing work there too. Don't worry, he's getting work done there at his beach house too. Okay, so that just raises even more questions. I mean, is, if he has classified documents at his beach house, is that, was that okayed? I mean, was that something that is, you know, was that considered, is that okay to do? I mean, I don't know if they actually had official approval for that. And doesn't he have a Virginia home? One of my friends, Pradeep Shanker, made this made this uh, query. So are they going to search his Virginia home? So Ron Klain is his chief of staff. 
Ron Klain looks like it looks like he screwed up all of this. And well, you know, the Bidens were just being sloppy. So I guess that they're going to have to look at his four point seven million dollar Virginia mansion, too. By the way, that one, I don't know if you've seen it. It looks like a tiny little White House. Not tiny. I mean, it's a huge mansion. It, it's an enormous mansion. It's an old colonial style mansion. And he's got the flag and the circle, you know, the front, and all this stuff. Uh, but they they rented it. They began renting that mansion in 2017. Uh, this is co- according to uh, a D.C. real estate site. Uh, to about $19,000 a month. It has five bedrooms, nine baths, a gym, in-house sauna. So, I mean, they've got plenty of places to, uh, I guess, store these classified documents there. They're going to have to look at this house, too. So he's got his big old, his two-story, big old beach house. He's got his big old house in Delaware. I mean, he's got a lot of properties. I mean, his, his lakeside Delaware, or his, his, his waterside Delaware house, I mean, he's got a lot of properties. So I'm just wondering, they, they made sure to keep this entirely quiet until they got beyond midterm elections. They made sure to keep this completely quiet until they got beyond midterm. And now that they are, now it's okay for it to come out. And that was Democrats not protecting Biden. That was Democrats protecting other Democrats. They, they didn't want this to affect any kind of down ticket races. That's what this was. Now it's, you know, Katie barred the door. So I'm, this is kind of, I mean, it's pretty amazing. So there, you know, and Bob Bauer put out a statement. Jackie Heinrich uh, from Fox had the statement from the attorney for Biden. They said today with the president's full support and cooperation, the DOJ is conducting a plain search of his home in Delaware uh, under the DOJ standard procedures in the interest of operational security and integrity. It sought to do this work with without advanced public notice. Uh, and they said that we agreed to cooperate. The search is a further step in a thorough and timely DOJ process, blah, blah, blah. It's funny because um, I was uh, earlier, it was mentioned that uh, Biden, there's a pre-planned event at the White House. And Biden's going to be there sitting apparently right next to Merrick Garland. So that's going to be a very interesting optic, right? So here's the thing. Agreed to cooperate. That was the, that stuck out to me. Because remember, that's. We one of the things that has been presented as a main difference between this and the Trump situation is that Biden's so cooperative. Oh, my gosh, he's like the valedictorian of cooperation. He's so cooperative, except it doesn't really. I mean, he, they agreed to cooperate. That sounds really reluctant. Agreed to cooperate. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, you know, you agree to. It doesn't mean that you're actually you know, you're, you're excited about it. It doesn't look like they got a special written invitation. So I don't know. I just think that the Virginia house is next. That's what it seems like. Doesn't seem like there was a search warrant either. And that's the other thing I'm curious about. Was there a search warrant? A lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of questions asked at the White House press briefing. And how much do you want to bet that you're going to have Corinne Jean-Pierre not want to answer a single bit of it? Fascinating, fascinating. So this is just one of the things that we're following this morning. Uh, In addition, we have a whole, I mean, we've got other stuff. We have the oversight hearing that's taking place. We're going to continue following that as well. And another, as it relates to some of this, because there were some questions that were asked, a lot of questions about the border, uh, questions about fentanyl, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The, um, and the oversight, I have to make a point. Is there like, I guess there's a big mural. I was asking a friend of mine. I said, is there, is there, I guess there's like a big giant mural 
in the room in which the oversight committee is asking questions because it looks like Andy Biggs is like on this epic camping trip. It looks like he is like right, you know, out in Arizona and and with the with the mountains, the uh, the the mountains behind him and a beautiful sunset. I mean, it looks like he's in Sedona. It's kind of funny. Anyway, I was asking this. They're having their. That's not the important thing. The important thing is that the oversight committee is 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 holding their hearings and uh, asking questions and you know finally asking questions that we've all had for how long now? I mean, they. I mean, it's almost like we haven't had an oversight committee this whole time. I mean, really, it's kind of what it's like. So we're gonna we're gonna continue following that. Also. Uh, we Senator John Kennedy introduced a rule or a rule, a piece of legislation to undo the rule uh, for the pistol brace thing. This isn't about pistol braces and it's not about guns. This is about alphabet agencies creating rules and then demanding that you respect those rules as law. And if you think that this doesn't affect you, I want you to switch out the gun aspect of it in the ATF and substitute rent moratorium in the CDC, because this is what it's about. It's about these alphabet agencies and the bureaucrats who staff them creating rules and demanding that you follow it as de facto law. So we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, and then also going to, we're going to get, I got, I got some wokery. Oh my gosh, do I have some wokery for you. One of the most ironic headlines ever, graduate students are striking and demanding a living wage. I have that. Jason Momoa is doubling down on Aquaman being about climate change. Why does everything have to be ruined? Why? We have more stupid GOP fighting because, you know, Nothing says let's shoot ourselves in the foot and ruin everything coming into 2024 like the headlines I have for you here. Uh, We've got that. We've got some economic headlines as well. So a bunch of 2A stuff. And Hollywood is fighting with itself because over it's all about wokery because they're mad over one chick that got an Oscar nomination for Best Actress. Friends, 2022 is history. Have you thought about what you'll do in 2023? How you will make it better than last year? Every new year is a new opportunity, so I have a great way for you to make the most of this one. This year, resolve to become a better educated American. And the good folks at Hillsdale College have made their amazing online courses free for all who wish to learn. And my challenge to you is just take one of their fantastic courses. You can discover the beauty of the Bible in the Genesis story, or study the writings of C.S. Lewis, or explore the true meaning of America in Constitution 101. There are many more to choose from, and all these self-paced free courses feature Hillsdale faculty and scholars. Visit Dana4FORHillsdale.com and pick one of more than 30 free Hillsdale courses. I hope you'll accept my challenge and resolve to be a more educated American in 2023. Pick whichever course you like at Dana4Hillsdale.com and start your free online course today. That's Dana4FORHillsdale.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Ozzy Osbourne has retired from touring and canceled all upcoming shows as he recovers from spinal surgery. The 74-year-old was diagnosed with Parkinson's four years ago. He's been battling various health problems in recent years. He was supposed to kick off his European tour in May, and it was set for 2019, rescheduled a few times. Now it's been officially canceled, along with any other dates in the future. So his last show may have been in December 2018 when he was at OzFest as part of the uh, Farewell of No More tours, too. Two. He had to do two of those. 
Uh, this is an interesting story. If you followed it, Mark Hawk, who was he was cleared of face act charges and a rebuke to Justice Department's aggressive prosecution. The pro-life activist was found not guilty on federal assault charges. They, he was accused of uh, in a shoving incident. Actually, he was the one who was aggressed against. Uh, if you like saw anything or read anything about it, uh, supporters of the father of seven were celebrated after the verdict was read in the U.S. District Court in Philadelphia. Following his acquittal, he told reporters outside the courthouse that it was relief. He feels overjoyed and he couldn't have done it without faith. He had been uh, really aggressively persecuted by the Justice Department. He was the one who was actually the victim. But the fact that it happened outside of an abortion, he was there peacefully protesting and people were trying to get in his face. And he actually was protecting someone else who was there. There with him and so the doj decided to just aggressively go after him and they were spanked in court i'm glad for it texas's power grid is buckling due to the icy storm 250,000 people are without power more than 40 million are bracing for freezing weather 1400 flights have been canceled and so they said more than 40 people are in the path of this weather and actually it's over 18 flights have 1800 flights have been canceled and it's the second year in a row snow and ice so we were smart last year we uh, ended up getting a giant Hoss generator. So if anything happens, we're ready to rock. But man, that ice storm, and apparently it's still coming because it just started sleeting again. Tom Brady officially out. He posted to Twitter. This is kind of crazy. Uh, he had said that he was, he's actually, he's he's done. It, although it cost him his marriage and everything else. A lot of people were saying that he should have gone with his original instinct before playing another season, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and also, Biden says no to Ukraine's request for F-16s for now. Coming up, Hunter may need a lawyer for those text messages to his assistant. The latest with the search for the beach house and everything else. Stick with us. More The Dana Show after this. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. There's nothing we can't do. Nothing. When the hell has America ever, ever, ever set a goal? that it didn't reach. When has it ever? Name me a time. Name me a time Why is when he America's yelling? gone through a crunch and didn't come out stronger. Why is he so mad? Does anybody know why he's so angry? Good grief. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. Very cold day in Texas. All right, so he's... <sighs> I guess he was trying to do that for some sort of theatrical kind of presentation, but it didn't actually work, did it? I don't think it did. It, um, it didn't, didn't actually work. In the meantime, 
No one's distracted from the fact that the FBI is searching his house right now. The house that his lawyers insisted nothing was there. It's all fine. We already checked it, guys. No big deal. Remember, they told us all that. I, and I wasn't the only one who remembered. New York Post also remembered. They said, yes, we do. He, you, that's what was said. That is absolutely correct. That's what was said. Hmm. Anyway, interesting. Now, while all of this is happening, there are a lot of questions that remain about this whole story that the media has really worked hard to ignore as it relates to Hunter Biden. Ugh, I don't even want to like hardly get into that because it's just so... Ugh. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's the story that we had yesterday where Hunter Biden was harassing this assistant who was apparently broke and was harassing his assistant for sex via uh, like FaceTime and that. And then he would give her like $500 here, you know, a couple hundred dollars there, things like that. And it, no questions at all about this, because this was about the exact same time, if memory serves, that he was also getting a ton of money from Joe Biden. Joe Biden was giving him a lot of money. And now he, he he's, he's definitely going to need a lawyer. Uh, this is coming out, this 50-something-year-old crack addict. The story is that it looks like, I mean, he's absolutely going to have to, I, at some, all of this stuff is coming to this, this crossroads. Everything with, with Hunter Biden and with his father, Joe Biden. Uh, I mean, at some point, especially as it relates to at least the assistant. He's going to have, I mean, I, I don't know how this isn't actionable to not even get into everything with the business deals. Where's that pound me too movement? Or sorry, the uh, hashtag me too movement. This is a verbal typo. Happens. It's just, you guys, you guys just stop. You guys are so, that. where are they at with this whole Hunter Biden thing? I mean, the, think about this. You have a sex predator who was there with the Easter bunny for the White House Easter egg roll. He rides on Air Force One. He's there in the White House. And he has to, he lives in a mansion in Malibu. And then we pay something like $30,000 a month for Secret Service to rent the mansion right next to him so they can protect him. He has no reason to live in Malibu. He has no family there. He could cut costs by either living closer to family in Delaware or Virginia, but he chooses to live in one of the richest and most expensive zip codes in the United States, necessitating taxpayers to foot the bill for the mansion next to him so that Secret Service can protect the crack addict son of the President of the United States, who is in business with the CCP and apparently was blacking out in the garage where all these classified documents were. I hope they check for residue on the tops on, on the papers, at least that they confiscate. They ought to. The ones without the classified marking. I'm just curious if it tests positive for any kind of special residue. It's a legitimate question. Don't judge. It's a legitimate question. So I'm I'm just one. I'm just wondering at what because I, this is all coming to this confluence at some point. So they're searching the beach house. Don't know if there's any kind of. If they've had a search warrant, I haven't seen any photos of anything of you guys. Nothing dramatically sprayed out on the ground. No, not, nothing like that. No 
no searching. I don't know. I, I do think that they maybe searched Jill Biden's underwear drawer. Like they, they did with Melania Trump. Because, you know, that's where you always keep your important documents is in with your panties, right? You know, like your social security cards, your house title, you know, the stuff that you would normally keep in a fireproof, you know, uh, case in your safe, you just keep it in your panty drawer, right? I mean, that's kind of how it, I don't know. That's how it is. All right, I got a couple of other things for you, too. The, um, I wanted to touch on this piece with Alec Baldwin really quickly because this came out today. Court documents revealed Alec Baldwin missed firearms training courses. He, and when he was in the classes, he was on the phone, talking on the phone. He didn't carry out safety checks either before arming himself and pulling the trigger that killed the Russ cinematographer, according to court documents. So, I'll, again, to restate, Alec Baldwin skipped training classes. The training class he did go to, he was on the phone apparently the entire time. And he didn't do any kind of safety checks at all whatsoever when he was on set and he uh, grabbed the gun there before he shot and killed the cinematographer. (sighs) In the meantime, him and his tacky wife, oh my gosh, his tacky A-double snake's wife, They've been, this is where I'm going to get catty for a moment because I don't feel sorry for these people. She, did you hear her? Like this was like a week and a half ago. She went out and faked a Spanish accent while telling the photographers to get away from her. She faked a Spanish accent, born and raised in Boston. She changed her name to make it sound, she went on vacation to Spain. This is like that Friends episode when they all go to Jamaica and get beads in their hair. And then one of them like acts like they're, they caught, they like try to appropriate a Jamaican accent. She is that. She is like a walking sitcom character. Vacations in Spain a couple of times as a teenager and thinks she's Spanish. So then she was telling these these reporters outside of their house, oh, and she with her faking broken English to leave them alone. She's been walking out covered in diamonds. She wears the stupidest stuff. Like I'm looking at she like has her diamond necklace on, all of her diamonds. She's walking out in all of her designer goods. She is the is is can i just be real can i it's like when broke white trash gets money and decides to go to neiman's and buys everything that they see there and covers themselves with it on their first outing that's what it looks like just gotta say i and and constantly like he's so stressed he's so stressed i'm just so done here you know who's stressed probably the kid who doesn't have a mom because your husband killed her that's probably the family that's stressed The more information that comes out about this, I just don't know how you cannot. This guy has major culpability. I'm not excusing the armorer at all. I think that there's negligence there, too, with the armorer. But I do think he's the executive producer. He's the guy who who hired the armorer. He's the guy who is supposed to be responsible for these safety checks. He didn't do any of this stuff because he thinks that he's king. You know what of king of, of you know what mountain. So. I, I mean, he's, he's culpable in this. The fact that he was missing classes, and when he was in classes, he was on the phone. He was too good to learn how to be safe. Too good to learn how to be safe. It's ridiculous. So this is going to be interesting because it keeps, I mean, the evidence does not look good. It keeps piling up for him. It really, really does. Okay, a couple of other things to hit. On this, I wrote about this like years ago. You guys know if you've listened to the show at any length of time, I have talked about this. Now, what gets me? So there's this piece. I'll tweet this out. There's this piece 
that's in Daily Mail, which is one of the biggest newspapers in the world. They have like the biggest distribution. They're in all these different countries. There's there's even a U.S. desk. And I think that they're trying to hit, in a way, Tesla and some other things. So the headline is the shaming images that show where our iPhones, laptops, and Tesla cars really come from. The truth about the Congolese mines where kids are paid $2 a day to dig for cobalt. Hmm. You guys remember when I've talked about the the mines, correct? In the Democratic Republic of Congo. And they this it was actually an ABC story. Um goodness, I'm trying to think. It was an ABC story. They ran this like a couple of years ago. Actually, it's maybe about four years ago. And it they were the ones they got footage of all of this stuff. So here's the, the, the interesting thing about all of this. So they have this story, and they're talking about this, the Shabara mine in DRC, and these kids are digging for cobalt. And this was, again, this is not a new story. ABC did a thing on this. Uh, we've talked about it. And it shows all these kids hand digging for cobalt and everything else, uh, yeah, moms with babies digging for cobalt, trying to do all of the cobalt's used in all of these things. And in this big old lengthy article where they talk about Tesla and Apple and, you know, all of these other things. Do you know what they leave out? Do you know what's a huge, huge piece that they leave out? You know, that these mines are the ones that were involved in that deal with Hunter Biden and the CCP company. Remember the Seneca company that I was telling you about? That, that that was the joint company, the firm that he created with one of the guys from the CCP. And they facilitated China's acquisition of the biggest cobalt mines in the world that are located in DRC so that China could control them as like part of their lame Belt and Road Initiative. You give us your mi- your mineral rights, we control your mines, you've, and, and we'll help you with some crappy infrastructure. That's what this is. Not It's not mentioned in a single single bit of it it's not in any of it it's actually kind of wild and it was hunter biden's firm specifically this was back in 2016 they got the mineral rights for all of this isn't that you had seneca and then you had the bohai harvest rst equity investment fund management company americans own 30 percent. it was based in shanghai and it was uh, about a three billion dollar deal for them for Biden's. It was like a $3 billion deal for Biden's firm. They were transferring Congo cobalt. They were, and it was the acquisition of that mineral. Now, remember, this was in April of 2020. That's when the White House was asked about it. And the White House spokesperson said that Biden was unaware of his son's role in the transaction. But that's not true because one of the emails found on the laptop actually references Biden getting a percentage. And this isn't the 10 percent to the big guy one that's um, to him getting a percentage. And that was followed by an email where uh, Hunter Biden was complaining that his dad, um, he has to make money for his family. So just to let you know that I found that interesting that it was missing from that piece. I've seen this now. Everybody else is writing about this. That's the dirty little secret of quote unquote green. That's why I'm like, I don't care if you want to go green. Just don't act like you're doing something good for the environment because you're not. Like if you like the gadgets, you like, you know, whatever, that's fine. I don't judge that. I judge you and I'll mock you publicly relentlessly if you act like you're doing something good for the environment because it's not. 
I mean, it's a, it's okay to say that you don't care and that you just like the tech. It's okay. Just say it and be honest. It's actually better. It's actually better. Now, check this out. I know we've got more to come. Uh, I we got to get moving. But this story from the AP, remember how they're trying to go after your stoves? <sighs> the headline, a fridge too far. Living sustainably in New York City by unplugging. They're telling people to unplug their refrigerators. You don't need to go without so much cold. You don't need to have so much cold food. You can go without. That's actually what they're telling people. I'm telling you, they're trying to condition you. That's what the tiny house movement's about. To downsize to where you live in a shack on wheels, right? Little, It's like a basically an outhouse. These little tiny, they're conditioning you to live in tiny houses, not have refrigerated food or AC, no gas stoves and eat bugs. That's what it's coming down to. We have more in store we're going to get into uh, a couple of other things. I have some GOP infighting, right? We're going to have that. Uh, I have a bunch of wokery for you. Two big pieces of wokery coming up in our next segment. You don't want to miss that. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Resolve now to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Your lovable curmudgeon here on this very cold and frigid Wednesday here towards the end of our first hour, second and third hours on the way. I have to correct this. Am I being unreasonable? Let me ask this question of you. Am I being unreasonable when I expect lawmakers to know what they're talking about like we don't give elected officials a pass if they run their mouths about firearms and and without understanding firearms or knowing firearm law correct we don't give them a pass and why should we because they work for us i just don't we expect that if they're going to use their platform to speak on an issue or even to try to push legislation on an issue that they should know what they're talking about, right? So why is that or why should it be any different when elected officials talk about distribution deals when it comes to broadcasting? Now, I say this in full disclosure because the network we're on, the first, is on DirecTV now. And that uh, distribute that distributive entity added two new conservative networks to its offerings. So people have been saying, and Matt Gates is one of them. And I was really disappointed to see Matt Gates pull a Gavin Newsom. It's like watching Gavin Newsom talk about gun law. Uh, I don't believe that anybody should get a pass. I don't care who you are. And I, I've met Matt Gates, and I, you know, I have nothing against him. I like him, but I don't give anybody a pass just because I've met you. 
I just feel as though if you're going to use your position to advocate for something, you should know what you're talking about. He was out there suggesting censorship and everything else. It's weird to accuse, you know, DirecTV or whatever. And by the way, I don't get a check from DirecTV or anything like that. Like they just care. They just distribute the pro the simulcast of the radio program. But I just think you need to understand what you're talking about like you would with gun law. Um, Fights over fees related to carriage rates, meaning they're going to carry what you're offering and then distribute it. When you cannot come to a business arrangement on what that fee should be or if one entity declines to pay more when other people get the product for free, that's not censorship. That is a business deal. And I find it incredibly progressive to see conservatives go out and accuse private businesses of engaging in in censorship. That's actually getting the government involved, which is the definition of swampy. So let's correct the record on this, please. Second hour on the way. Which brings me to May 30th, 2020. Bob and Doug returned to the Kennedy Space Center. They suited up, they waved to their families, and they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. They strapped in to their seats and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. And then they launched. How space Yes, yeah, they did. <laughs> That's how it works to launch a rocket. That's how that all works. Welcome back to the program. Don't you just love having the vice president explain how astronauts take off? It's good to be with you. Dana Lash here, your lovable curmudgeon. I almost would rather hear that than hear any other stories about Hunter Biden and everything else. So if if you haven't been watching, they've uh, been searching the Delaware Beach House. Mm Mm-hmm. They, they've been searching the Biden beach house, the Biden beach house that who, he said his, his lawyer said there was nothing there. Remember, his lawyer said there was nothing there. Don't worry about it. We checked. It's all good. And now apparently, oh, it may not be. So the FBI's there and they and the statement from Bob Bauer, Biden's attorney said that he agreed to they agreed to compromise or to cooperate, which doesn't sound that doesn't sound like you're cooperating. He's got a swanky house, man. Like, for real. Like, he's got a super swank house. But he's, uh, it's it's the, his Delaware Beach house, and they're going to have to look at his Virginia mansion, his, like, $5 million Virginia mansion. They're going to have to look at that. So, I'm just, just interested in seeing where else this goes. Because we were told that there was nothing there, that we don't need to worry about it. It's not a big deal. Uh eh. I wonder, are we going to find anything out about it? Are we going to get any? I'm waiting. Where are the pictures at? I'm waiting for the the spread of documents that spread across the floor. And so apparently some are saying that this is the second time the DOJ was there. Hmm. The second time. Hmm. So they do think that there's something there. How do you get so many classified documents in so many different places? How do you do that? You all know where your important documents are, right? How do you get so many? It's not like they're secretly stamped. I mean, they they have huge. They're 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 stamped. They have they're top secret. 
How do you get them into so, how are they in so many different places? Hmm. So including the Wilmington home that was searched on January 20th, and apparently the lawyers went through the beach house and said there was nothing there. Well, now the FBI is looking at it. Apparently they think that there are 1,850 boxes of Biden's Senate papers at the University of Delaware that need to also be gone through. Oh, boy. I'm telling you what, this is, yeah, he just, he doesn't, I, I'm just, it's, it's, it, this is so much worse. Did the cars have flashing lights when they showed up? Did they like block roads off the way they did at mar I'm just wondering if it's like anywhere even remotely the same because it seems that you had the media tipped off. Um, Trump uh, said something about it on social media because people were wondering why are all these cars outside of Mar-a-Lago and you know how the media immediately write, you know, will assume and write, you know, some of the worst stuff about it. So he gets out ahead of it. Um, were there, did they have flashing lights and all of this stuff at, at, at Biden's beach house or at his Wilmington house. They kept it all under lock and key. That's how you know it's Dem Oppo warfare. It absolutely is. Now, a couple of other things. There are uh, House Oversight Committees. They're, they're having their, they're having their uh, hearings. And they're, they're starting their questioning. They were talking about the border. And I saw this story, too, because the border admission policy that Biden's pushing is is allowing illegal entrants to receive Medicaid, food stamps and actually even cash, all of our money, taxpayer dollars, cash handouts. It's an it's a new policy to permit people who entered illegally that would otherwise be deported to receive a whole array of benefits, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. It's their Refugee Resettlement, Office of Refugee Resettlement, ORR, within HHS, the Health and Human Services. And it allows parole authority to, like, for instance, they, they used parole authority for 30,000 uh, Venezuelans and Nicaraguans uh, to enter the U.S. on a monthly basis if they have a sponsor. And they said that one of the, uh, I guess, parts of the program is that they're eligible for all kinds of benefits like food stamps and Medicaid and cash assistance uh, through the temporary assistance for needy families, according to HHS. We have the wor- some of the worst inflation of all our lifetimes that we're all living through right now where we're giving cash to people who are entering the country illegally. This is part of the problem that we, we, we hit on when we say the government won't stop spending. The government is spending taxpayer dollars giving cash to people, rewarding them for entering the country illegally, while at the same time claiming that it's the tax cuts allowing more people to keep their own dollars. That's what's costing. So they're going to have instead of their spending. So we have to raise taxes on everybody else. <sighs> 250,000 illegal entrant encounters recorded in December, highest month on record. There's no seriousness about the border. There's, there's, there's no seriousness about it at all whatsoever. And the fact that they, are, they have the audacity to suggest, oh, we need it to expand, to double the size of the IRS, to go after people who engage in little piddly sales and, you, on, and use Venmo or Etsy, etc., uh, and, and it's your tax cuts that cost, not our government spending. It's just infuriating. It's, it, is, it is absolutely infuriating. It really is a slap in the face. I mean, Americans can't afford cars, and companies can't... Hi- Here's a crazy headline. Companies can't even hire enough repo men. The labor shortages. 
Inflation is pushing car loans to record highs. A flood of repossessed vehicles is poised to hit the used car market. We're headed for an, I'm, these are just different headlines. We're headed for an auto loan crisis. Delinquencies are rising. A massive wave of car repossessions and loan defaults are triggering an auto market disaster. That was from December. I mean, it is, I mean, that's why we see such the surge in car prices. People cannot afford anything, and yet this is how the government is spending our money. And the New York Post says in a new survey that Americans have named as our worst problems. It's not inflation or immigration. It's, they said that the lack of leadership. This goes hand in hand with the survey that said the, pro- the problem is government. Man, I'm telling you, it just looks bad. Now you see why they have all this dem oppo coming out with Biden. Now you see why they got it. Because they've got to force him out. All right, I wanted to look at this, too, because I cannot, I just don't know why we keep seeing this stuff. So I see a number of people getting into the um, uh, floating for, the, uh, for 2024. So Nikki Haley is floating a race for, the, for 2024. I know you guys have seen that. She's floating. Uh, Mike Pompeo, he came out with a book. The, his, that book was supposed to, it's usually when, when people like this come out with a book, they do so to, to help get themselves earned media. They're going out to talk about their book, but really also what they're doing is they're setting this, the national stage, getting their name out there and setting the stage so that they can launch a, uh, their, their, a candidacy, like a, a national candidacy. So Nikki Haley is apparently going to announce, like I think the, what the day after Valentine's Day is what the word on the street is. The word on the street. And we already know that Trump is in. He's already said he's in. I, one thing that I want to caution people about, too, and I saw this. This was one of my criticisms as to why he got in so early. And I wrote about this in email prep. So I saw this headline that was talking about fundraising, right? And it says, this is over NBC. Uh, it says, Trump revamps fundraising. He's struggling to raise money for 2024. Now, I had at the time... When he announced that he was running, I said, oh, my gosh, he's created so many obstacles for himself. When he officially filed and made his candidacy absolutely official, that's why you have so many exploratory runs, because candidates want to be able to raise money without having the FEC look over their shoulder. Because once you make it official, then there are you have to report, you have to do all of this. You're very restricted. It's very I mean, it's it it's, uh, creates a headache. And a lot of people, that's one of the reasons why candidates wait as long as they do. And they have these exploratory groups, etc. And so Trump kind of created, and I get that he wanted to lay claim to the field, but he really created a headache for himself by announcing, not just announcing his candidacy, but making it completely official so early. Because one of the problems that that created has now manifested, right? So it's early for fundraising, and it's way too early to start a massive email or direct mail operation. Because what that does, if you start it too early, is you exhaust your base too soon, and you actually see a major drop off in fundraising. I mean, we've seen that before. So that's, it's, it's, so it's a twofer in terms of a hurdle. Because it's too early to start fundraising. It's too early to start an operation like this. But, however, now that he's he's already official and he's like the first official filer way early, it means that not raising money becomes a story. And so healthy campaigns 
are measured by war chests going in and the ability to raise cash. And so his official filing makes his early start irrelevant in the eyes of the press. And honestly, voters who don't pay attention to this, that it makes it irrelevant to them too. They only see news articles about quarterly reports. And and it, it and if quarterly, you know, if it shows minuscule, and again, it doesn't matter if it's early. A lot of people don't understand how early. But if it shows, you know, reports of minuscule fundraising, then that looks like a bad omen. So in campaigning, the early bird doesn't always necessarily get the worm. And I've, I warned about this even before he officially announced. I warned it. I warned about this. I said, this is... He's going to create an obstacle for himself, and he is. So now you're going to see these reports every quarter because they can't start that huge fundraising push right now. But the he- the stories that are going to come out could actually serve to depress fundraising. If it shows that he's not raising a lot of money, that could be a deterrence for other individuals. And especially if you have a campaign that relies on a lot of small dollar donations, that's going to that's going to give people that's going to give them a lot of hesitancy. That's unfortunately how it works. That is the that's the the downside of filing so early. And I know he wanted to lay claim to the field and do all of this stuff and start getting endorsements and nail people down so that he could he could uh, secure support. And kind of, you know, put his put his flag on on certain people. But this is the downside that comes from this. And this is going to be a problem for him. It is going to be a problem. And this is and I'm just warning you, this is the first time this is I saw one story already. And that was NBC. Now, they would do this for anyone, not just Trump. They would do it for anybody. But that but that's how and it ends up, you know, this is why you have like a, a number of these states like these early caucus and early primary states like New Hampshire and Iowa and all this stuff. And it's why it's so important that these candidates do so well. It's not necessarily that the state is important. And that's not no disrespect to the state. But it's, it is the timing that's important. Because if a candidate can get momentum from this early from the early primaries and early caucuses, that bodes well for them getting support and getting, you know, delegates, etc. in later primaries and caucuses. And so that same sort of logic applies to fundraising. And that's why it's just, I mean, it's bad. I think it's bad that he announced so early. I mean, it's, you know, it's done. What's done is done. It's already done. But it's bad that he announced as early as he did. I don't know why. And we'll talk about this here coming up. He took another shot. I don't know why. He needs to stop the stupid stuff. It's stupid. He needs to sell himself without going after other people because he's not helping himself here. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Cold. Cold in Texas. That's news. That's a headline. It's cold in Texas. Also, California mountain lion attacked a second child in less than a year. Victim was rushed to a trauma center. California mountain lions. This is, I didn't realize that this is something that, I mean, this was in south of San Francisco. Uh, It was just yesterday. They said in September, a boy was attacked while walking a trail with his dad near Los Angeles. So it's not like these kids are just like running out, you know, into the woods, you know, where there's not. I mean, they're out like on hiking trails and in areas where a lot of people pass. They said that the attack happened about 6.50 p.m. That the child seemed calm, but they said it was unexpected. Mountain lions don't really interact with humans. So they said that they are they they took him to a trauma center. The condition was apparently was okay, like okay, uh, but they're actually looking 
apparently looking to trap the cat, too. That's a once-in-a-generation green comet is going to zip past Earth for the first time since the age of the Neanderthals. You can actually start seeing it, I believe, tonight. They say it's Comet C-2022E3. It's going to be visible tonight after the moon sets. And it's the alien comet streaking towards the sun. You can tell the difference between the comet and surrounding stars because it's going to have a trail of dust following it. And it will have like a little bit of a green hue to it. Literally the Ice Age. The last time it was visible from Earth. Pretty, That's pretty awesome. Uh, also, uh, one other thing here. Dallas Zoo reports to disappear. Now another thing went missing at the Dallas Zoo. We had a cat that went missing last week. Now it's two tamarind monkeys. They're the little monkeys that have like the big vaudevillian mustache and beard. They're missing. So they think an intentional cut was made in the enclosure. They may have been monkey napped. Stay with us. We got more in store after this. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Love Joy Division. Steve was telling me that they were finally nominated into the completely political Rolling Stone Rock Hall of Fame, which is so, that's just Jan Wenner's ego project, let's be honest. Welcome back to the program, your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here. That's amazing who isn't. Like, Ted Nugent's not in it. But apparently this one this year, it's George Michael, K. Bush, Missy Elliott, White Stripe, Cheryl, Cheryl Crow. <laughs> Iron Maiden, good. Joy Division, okay. Uh, Cindy Lauper, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine. The fact that they can get in before Ted Nugent is ridiculous. Soundgarden, all right, yeah. Spinners, Tribe Called Quest. There's uh, There are a lot, so... They're going to announce the top vote getters. Nobody, I don't really care about any of this. I don't. I just, because it's all so political. They, that's even political. It's, it's, a, it's a prom queen competition is what it is. Prom queen competition. Okay, so a few things to touch on here. I mentioned a little earlier. So the GOP, the, the 2024 race is getting, it's going to be super annoying you know what I hate? I hate it when during a primary, if you're for someone different than the other, than like somebody else in a Republican primary, that it must mean you are a globalist leftist. I can't stand this. Our primaries have gotten so stupid. We deserve to get hit by a meteor. We do. We do. Let's be real. I'm cheering for the meteor. Sweet meteor of death, 24. It's if you... Uh, because everybody's on sort of the same team, right? And it doesn't matter. Like I've seen this in so many different primaries and it's gotten more ridiculous and more ridiculous. Some people just think that others may have, I guess, different attributes that might serve the country better at a particular time than others. And it's always taken as personal. Like if you don't like someone else's preferred candidate in the primary, then why are you so ignorant? Why are you such a jerk? It gets so personal. I cannot stand it. And then there's by the time that the primary is over, I mean, there's one thing between and don't mistake the two. There's one thing between a healthy debate during a primary. And then there's another thing between just mudslinging and ridiculousness. I just don't. It's it's crazy to me. Like, for instance, I really, really need 45 to stop this. Stop. I don't know who's advising him because he's not a dumb man. He isn't. I mean, he's taken over boardrooms and he's done all kinds of stuff that makes me think that he's got people in his ear doing this stuff. So I saw this from the Hill. This is today. 
He said uh, Trump Knox DeSantis is a rhino globalist. Uh, I don't even know where that comes from or why that I don't even understand. He keeps hitting him on vaccines because then that goes in with this story. This is so goofy to me. So Jonathan Swan, who's over at New York Times, says, in a sign of how toxic the conversation about the coronavirus vaccines have become within the GOP, yeah, he writes, Mr. Trump's allies are building a file of opposition research on Mr. DeSantis that consists of videos of him praising the vaccine in its early days. He says a Trump ally involved in the effort who insisted on anonymity to discuss their plans said the footage included Mr. DeSantis taking delivery of some of the first vaccines in America and news B-roll of him presiding over the vaccinations of elderly people. (sighs) This is so stupid. I just want to reiterate attacking someone for something you literally took credit for and advise everyone else to do is dumb strategy from allies who cannot stop taking the media bait and you don't need an oppo file i love like oh we're gonna get an oppo file listen brainiac there's this thing called the internet and it shows the chronological order of all of this i have an oppo file no you have google that's what you have shut up oh my gosh why is this so stupid already Uh, you know what i think i might just go sit under my bed do my show from there That way I don't have to get involved in all this because it's just going to be mind-numbingly ridiculous if we have partisans. Honestly, some of this is people on K Street who want to make cash. I see it. I don't want to name names, but it's what some of this is. I I, I mean, there's nothing. First off, no one knew in the beginning. People were, you know, I'm willing to give grace. I didn't agree with Trump on getting the vaccines because they're not vaccines. They didn't. They're, they didn't transfer immunity. But you can't, after you champion, I mean, Operation Warp Speed, he like had a press conference where he talked about it and celebrated it. And regardless of whether you uh, agree with the injections or not, he was able to, you know, get a lot of different moving parts working together in a relatively quick amount of time. So I don't know why it was he can celebrate and even still talk positively about it, but then attack other people for doing not only what he advised, but for just saying, yeah, you did a good job with this. I don't understand it. I just don't make this make sense. It does not make sense. Uh, But I love all of these. There's just there's look with everybody. And I see this, and it's not just a term. I see this, I see people like this almost around every single person. You always have these like wannabes who you, you have the old barnacles in DC, and then you have like the, the, some of the upstarts who want to be the old barnacles in DC. Then you have some people who don't want to ha- anything to do with it, and they, some of them are just like uh, they, they believe in good messaging, and you know, they're very few. <laughs> Um, but that's usually your choices in DC. You get the old barnacles or the newbies who want to be barnacles. And I just, it's so, it's so ridiculous. Like for instance, someone told me yesterday because I had said something positive about the CRT thing in Florida. And they're like, oh, I just think it's interesting that there are these people who are saying good things about DeSantis. So it must be money, which is one of the stupid, it was from an anonymous account literally created last month. Like that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. It really is stupid. 
I give credit where it's due and I give criticism where it's due. And I've given credit to Trump and everybody else out there and criticism where it's due to everybody else out there as well. Look, I get it that maybe this is how K Street plays, but not everybody's like that. Why do you think I hate going to D.C.? I hate going to D.C. because I hate the sort of people D.C. attracts. I do. I loathe them. I don't like pretending that I'm interested in what some staffer or politician is doing. I do not have... I'm a little rough around the edges. I do not, what you see is what you get. I do not have the patience to pretend. I would be horrible at PR. Horrible, horrible. I just don't, I don't care. And I will tell people in the middle, like I, and I've, I've, I, and I, maybe I'm rude. I'm shocked that there haven't been more articles written, but I just don't care. I don't care what some crony has to say. And I rarely even put myself in these positions. I, I mean, if you've been to one event in DC, you've pretty much been to all of them. I can't stand any of it. I just, I don't, I don't want to entertain these people. But it's, it is amazing to me that if you, you, you acknowledging good work, people are going to consider that what, like stumping? You acknowledge the good work of strong constitutionalists. Oh my gosh, we are not so rich in that that we can ignore it. Golly, maybe these people feel confident about 2024 because I don't. I don't. And I don't feel like we should be apathetic or easy in what we think is going to happen. Look, one of the things that I've warned about, for instance, the split ticket voting, there was only, actually, I have one article. I was going to mention this today. Well, it was just something I had for myself. There was a, a piece that was getting into split ticket voting just the other day, and it was talking about some of the problems. Actually, it was from Politico, it was January 31st. It was talking about some of the problems that Republicans are having to deal with, Right. And whether it is figuring out fundraising, figuring out, you know, if it's going to be a crowded primary field, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And they were talking about raising funds. One of the things that they barely that they touched on is the problematic split ticket voting. And this is where a lot of people and we talked about this after the last election, they mistakenly think that somehow this is indicative of some kind of voter fraud. And it's not what it means is that we saw this in 20. We saw kind of saw in 2016. We definitely saw it in midterms. I mean, when I saw John Cornyn get more votes than Trump did in Texas, I almost fell over because John Cornyn isn't exactly a popular individual with conservatives here. And we definitely saw this last election where you would have uh, a down ticket. Republicans get votes that upticket Republicans they didn't get. Uh, and it was pretty stunning, particularly in Pennsylvania with Oz. We saw it in a couple of other races in Arizona. Uh, we saw it. Uh, there was, a, there, I mean, split ticket voting. People would support this particular candidate, uh, but, that, but that didn't mean that they supported. Sometimes they would either leave it blank or they just, they'd vote for somebody else. They wouldn't vote for the top Republican on the ticket. This is a problem that you're going to have to fix with messaging and good candidates and a very good ground game. And Republicans have got to get a handle on that. That is going to be a huge thing that they're going to have to deal with. And so far, nobody really is, is wrestling with it. Everybody has been fighting over who's going to be running RNC. Uh, whether it's Ronna uh, McDaniel or whomever, I don't even care at this point. I want someone, uh, we have to have, the, all the focus needs to be on fixing the split ticket issue. Otherwise, we're going to continue seeing this problem. And everybody's going to be going, uh, oh, well, we we have uh, it's uh, voter fraud or something like, and then that's not, exa- that's not what it is at all. Not what it is at all. So this is a problem. And you know what? This inter-party squabbling, 
that's not going to help anything because I don't consider any of this to be a legitimate uh, a legitimate debate of policy difference between two candidates on the same side. I don't. I see it as bad strategy because one's criticizing the other for doing something that the one advised and he just opens himself up to get criticism and attacks for that. So it doesn't make any sense to me. It need, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. And in the meantime, Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo throwing their hats in the ring. I don't know. Is it too, has too much? Nikki Haley's done a lot to keep her name out there, but I know a lot. I know some people have some concerns or criticisms or whatever. Mike Pompeo, um, he seems like a nice guy. He's been on the show before. He didn't tell me about the Malians. Although I may like him if he does. You know, he did run CIA for a bit. So, you know, if anybody can tell us about the Malians, that may be, if I can make that happen for you, I'll make it happen. Let's see. We'll see. Because he's got, a, you know, he's got his book out. All right. I got some wokery for you. Hollywood is freaking out over a movie that you never heard of that made only $26,000. This is so stupid. It's the fight of the privileged. So it's this story of some chick named Andrea Risenborough, who is British, and she was in some movie that literally nobody saw. And that's kind of typical for some of these movies. She wasn't nominated for a Golden Globe or uh, uh, some of the other uh, SAG Awards or anything like that. But they do these, you know, they campaign to get nominations for Oscars. So she was like shortlisted. She gets a Best Oscar nomination. She starred in this movie called Two Leslie, and it's set in West Texas. Uh, and it has to do with this mom who gets on drugs, basically, is what it is. And so they're, the people who made the film apparently are very well connected. And so there were a lot of celebrities that were talking about her performance and hosting screenings and all of this. Anyway, long story short... She's being accused of basically pushing out actresses of color because her nomination meant that an, a black actress could not be considered because she took the place of the actress that was going to be considered. It sounds like a bunch of wokery to me, honestly. I didn't realize that we had to consider like skin color. That's not something that you can just like act. Well, I don't know. Elizabeth Warren, um, Alec Baldwin's wife may disagree. Rachel Dolezal, they may all disagree. But... I mean, apparently, I don't know, I, and I don't plan on watching it, but some people were mad that Viola Davis, she was in the uh, draw, the film called The Woman King that some attacked because it glorified the nations in Africa that sold other people in Africa into slavery. So they thought that that maybe perhaps shouldn't be glorified. I don't know. It sounds like a big fight amongst the people who normally push wokery, and I'm here for it. I'm all here to watch them eat, eat each other. That's just, that sounds great for me. So coming up in San Francisco, $5 million per, per resident is not enough for reparations payments, say the reparations activists. I know. And graduate students are striking, demanding a living wage. How does a graduate student strike? Okay. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. I did not have this on my bingo card today. A Florida man bit the head off a python in a domestic dispute. What? So my first question was whether or not who was in the who was the dispute with the snake? Like, was he fighting with the snake? A 32 year old Florida man faces multiple felony charges after police say he decapitated a pet snake with his own teeth during a domestic dispute on Monday morning. According to Miami Dade, officers responded 
to this apartment complex. It was like early in the morning, five in the morning, after they received reports of a domestic dispute. Uh, the report states that officers arrived, knocked on the door, and could hear a man and woman arguing, and soon after the woman screaming. Police said they could hear the woman just yell, kick the door in, and after making entry, they saw Kevin Mayorka running behind the door, attempting to close it, holding the victim there. Uh, they said that the woman told police Mayorka bit the head off her pet snake, a bald python, and then that's when they saw the snake and its severed head sitting next to the entry door. So he faces charges of animal cruelty with intent to kill, false imprisonment, and resisting arrest. He's being held in jail on $15,000 bond. A Florida man found a human-sized nutcracker that went missing during Hurricane Ian, Fort Myers Beach, Florida. A Florida family who lost almost everything when Hurricane Ian battered the state. One of their Christmas decorations has been found. A neighbor spotted the life-size nutcracker in the water. He thought it was a dead body. He called 911 because he thought it was a body. And then when the cops got there, it turns out it was a giant life-size nutcracker. So they actually tracked down the rightful owner, and the owner said they could not believe that this thing was found in a neighborhood canal. They found it. They got to clean it up. But I think it's still going to be like good as good as new. That's It's something that's pretty unbelievable. Uh, also, this, um, goodness, a Florida man was arrested while trying to trying to conceal a stolen semi-truck by spray painting it a different color like on GTA. <laughs> they, yeah, it, it didn't work. It didn't work because the Florida Flagler County Sheriff's Office still busted him. Third hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Okay, you're claiming transparency, but I'm bringing this to you. You aren't bringing it to me. This happened in mid-November. If you are indeed being transparent, why the continued trickle of disclosure around these classified documents? We have released multiple statements from the White House, and President Biden's personal attorney has released multiple statements over the last month, uh, walking through the process and agreeing to be fully, fully cooperative with the Justice Department. This is a, uh, a process that plays out. We are responsive to the Justice Department's requests. We have been clear from the outset that the president will cooperate with every request the Justice Department has. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting there. So that is... The that's on CNN. The White House communications director was called out because uh, she wouldn't answer the question about documents. I mean, you can't really, you know, very well claim transparency and then not actually answer any of the questions. Welcome back to the program. Top of the third hour here. This very cold Wednesday in Texas. Dana Lash with you. And that's the whole nature of it, because the uh, planned search of the three million dollar beach house is underway after we were told that it had already happened and that there was no reason for them to do it again and that was back when was that that was like uh two weeks ago well apparently uh they i guess they weren't done and they went back and this has all been kept so quiet so quiet so incredibly quiet um no there's not you know not a lot of discussion on it no warrant, no police lights, none of that. So back, so again, just the recap of this. They found his lawyers, apparently, and it says everything, his lawyers with everything, so that they can have that attorney-client privilege. Finds classified documents, keeps it quiet ahead of the election. Mid-November, FBI conducts a search. 
They apparently found 10 classified files at least at the Penn Biden Center, with, which was office space shared with the CCP. The Wilmington home, they found six classified files. January 9th, after this whole time, then finally the public learns that this has been happening. They've kept everything quiet this whole time. Lawyers found classified documents in the home in the garage on December 20th. Uh, that's at the Wilmington home. And then apparently on the 12th, they, the lawyers searched the property again. And then the 20th, the FBI, I guess, was unhappy with that. So they, they conducted a search. And then on December 20th, Biden lawyers said that they had searched the property. Again, same thing like they did with the Wilmington home. The FBI apparently, did the, they didn't think, I guess, that was good enough. So they conducted this search today. So just like with the Wilmington house and the Delaware Beach house, both times he had said that their, his lawyers had conducted a search already. They didn't find anything in there. I guess it wasn't good enough. And so the FBI did it. The FBI handled it after that. Hmm. Now, they have not answered any questions. They have not nothing. Hmm. Just saying. It sounds like really it's just a very different treatment from the way that Mar-a-Lago was handled because it is <laughs> because it, it it completely is is why so they said that I mean I was are they finding classified information I think that's what we all want to know are they did they said they had searched prior but now apparently Jackie Heinrich said that Biden's attorney said that the beach house search it took about four hours it's already over and they said that no classified documents were found, but here's the interesting part. It says, quote, consistent with the process in Wilmington, the DOJ took for further review some materials in handwritten notes that appear to relate to his time as VP. Hmm. I wonder what that could be. I mean, if it's not classified material, I mean, surely can't Corinne Jean-Pierre talk about it from the dais I mean, can they can they answer questions i mean i think that's you know surely we can do that and uh, maybe not uh, we'll see maybe not but the white house it's yeah it's not doesn't look good doesn't it none of this looks good some people are saying that the white house looks kind of like in free fall the whole administration this this new search it looks kind of looks like it's in, you know, it's 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 in free fall. Ron Klain has to go. I mean, he's I mean, he's outgoing anyway. He's going to be completely because this is all on him. This is a lot of his responsibility as well. Mm-mm-mm. Now, I wanted to touch on a couple of other things as well. The the uh, oversight committee has been asking questions today. Did you hear the news about the uh, Iranian illegal entrant? who was literally on the terror watch list that was captured near the southern border because Texas Department of Public Safety, that's what, that's, they had arrested one such individual today and involved a human smuggler at the border in Valverde County. It was part of Operation Lone Star. The person who was on the terror watch list was being smuggled in the trunk of a vehicle with four other illegal entrants. He was handed over to Border Patrol. And he was a match on the FBI's terrorist screening database. So finally, 
uh, multiple media had reached out to all the alphabet agencies. The FBI hasn't commented. They said that they don't confirm anyone's status on the terror watch list at the border. I just think that's something that maybe you should do. Uh, Brandon Judd was on TV earlier today. He's with National Border Patrol Council. He's the president of that. And he said it was Texas DPS and not Border Patrol that apprehended the Iranian terrorist. At, which is, that's huge. That's incredibly significant. And he had said if it hadn't been for the work uh, of DPS, he said, like, you know, this guy would be on the streets. He, he evaded apprehension by Border Patrol. This guy evaded Border Patrol because the federal government refuses to allow Border Patrol the resources and to do anything to actually expand boots on the ground. Can you imagine this guy? He's literally a terrorist. He's on the, he's on the terrorist list. This Iranian terrorist smuggled in. He could have been running out who doing who knows what. And he was captured by a non-federal law enforcement agency. And he is one of 38 people, by the way, who are on the terror watch list who have been captured since October of last year when the, this fiscal year began. Now, how many others have gotten through I mean, we, when you get on a plane and fly, I have to either check my luggage if I want to bring like liquid or my hair mousse or something with me, or I have to have it all limited to four ounces. We have to undergo all this rigorous screening just to get on a plane, do all of these things. But you can have people walk right across the border being on a terror watch list. How many of the gotaways were on the terror watch list, I wonder? And this person, he was able to evade DPS because he was in the trunk of uh, the smuggler's car. I mean, that's something else. They said that the number of people who have made the match on the terror watch list has increased since this all began. That's coming from, I think this is Beacon. And then Bill Malugin, who's with Fox, uh, he was told by DHS uh, that they were still looking to vet this individual to make sure he's a conclusive match. But we do know that others who have been conclusive matches have been apprehended at the border. The bottom line is this is a significant problem at the border, regardless if you have terrorists coming in or not. It's a problem. It's unbelievable that it's at this point. And it was something that, too, because the other, there have been a couple of others uh, who had been, who had dinged these terror watch lists. And they were also DPS and not Border Patrol. And the fact that you have Texas Department of Public Services, that you got DPS down there who are doing a, a, some, a, some serious heavy lifting, it's not because Border Patrol isn't or can't. It's because their hands are tied. It's because their resources are too few. It is something else. This is insane, though, to think that, that it's so wide open, something like this could happen. Anything like this could happen. And like I said, DHS told Bill Malugin that they're still working to make sure it's a conclusive match. But we know others have, have been. And we also know, too, that it's kind of been advertised. Hey, just go on the southern border. I mean, if it wasn't for DPS, I mean, think about it. What if it was like a dry run? Re- remember, 9-11 began as an immigration issue. 9-11 began as an immigration issue. 
You had individuals who were on expired visas who overstayed. They weren't tracked. It was just kind of, that was it. And we're still doing this all these years later. We're still doing this. Something else. Now, I have a couple of other things here. I want to make sure that we get into wokery. In San Francisco, remember, you have activists who have been pushing for reparations, right? They wanted to have reparations. San Francisco's advisory committee, they want the city to pay out hefty reparations to longtime black residents. And they say $5 million per resident doesn't go far enough. The legislation, the proposed, the legislation that formed the committee two years ago, uh, Supervisor Shaman Walton, who wrote it, said the proposed $5 million is, quote, much less than a lot of the projections that people say black people should receive for reparations here in the U.S., That sounds really scientific, mathematical, right? This is wild. And he says you can't put a figure uh, to taking someone from their country, raping and pillaging their communities, etc. I'm just curious. You know, we had that movie come out, The Woman Warrior, and it was based on uh, even some people on the left were were raising criticisms about this. Uh, One of the nations within Africa that had sold people into slavery. I'm just curious why it doesn't, why not go and, and talk to the the different tribal nations that actually were selling people in Africa into bondage. Because I just don't know how you can leave that factor out of it when having this discussion. I mean, it was a business for them. They would go and would war with individuals and with different other tribal nations. And when different tribal nations were conquered, their people were divided up and some sold into bondage. I mean, I'm just, and, and also how, This is not even, it's not mathematically possible. It's not even practically possible. It is in no way possible. So there, I can't, the fact that they're actually considering this is crazy. They said that in order to pay, even if just 50% of the city's nearly 45,000 black residents met the requirements to receive $5 million per person, they said that the city would be looking at a $112.5 billion bill. And San Francisco's entire budget is $14 billion. <laughs> And that's without all of the other demands that are in the proposal. When you include all the other demands, it goes way above that. The budget for the entire state is $308 billion. So that's, I mean, a third of the budget for the entire state. And it's just for San Francisco. Wow. We have more on the way here, and I have more wokery for you as well coming up that you don't want to miss. And we got some two-way stuff to get into. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So a Dances with Wolves actor was arrested in a Nevada sex abuse case. Nathan Lee Chasing His Horse, who goes by Nathan Chasing Horse, uh, was taken into custody near a Las Vegas uh, residence. So he was like the young teen uh, in the film Dances with Wolves, like the young wannabe brave. But he was accused of sexually assaulting young indigenous girls for two decades, according to police records obtained by the Associated Press. So he's uh, he smiles a lot, and he's known as the Sioux Tribe member smiles a lot in that film. So that's that's kind of dang, that's wild. PayPal is going to cut two thousand jobs or seven percent of its workforce. Latest, they said that it's going to trim about seven uh, percent two thousand full time workers. 
and they're contending with what they say is the, quote, challenging macroeconomic environment. It's going to take place over several weeks. Some of the organizations are more affected than others, but they did not further specify. And that's the parent of payment apps like Venmo and uh, Zoom and all this other stuff. Uh, Also, oh, this is actually really funny. So Gawker. Everybody knows that. It's sort, Gawker's sort of like the bathroom wall graffiti dive bar kind of stuff on uh, the internet. It's actually a garbage entity. So apparently it's going away again. They're going to lay off 8% of its full-time staff. They're, it's, it's there. It looks like it's not going to make it. It was an early stage startup. And because there's such trash, it's, it doesn't look like it's going to go anywhere. I retweeted it and just said, ha, 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 because it actually is kind of, you know, learn to code, I guess. Uh, The city of St. Louis is going to pay a lot of money to settle a lawsuit following the 2017 protest, 5.2 million to be exact, uh, to people who were arrested during the during protest following the acquittal of uh, former St. Louis police officer Jason Stockley in 2017. It's a class action lawsuit filed by 84 people who said their rights were violated during mass protests. Oh, boy. We have a lot more on the way. Wokery. The latest with the FBI raid, search. Stay with us. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. We just added, because I think it needs to be done, uh, no tax permanently on gas stoves. They want your gas stove, and we're not going to let that happen. And we're not even a state. The way Florida was built, a lot of this wasn't even connected to gas lines. You've got a lot of electric stuff. But it's just the principle of, you know, this is ridiculous that they, and they do want to go after it. They got blowback, so they kind of had to back off. They want to go after the gas stoves. And so we're saying, you know, we want you to be able to buy those uh, uh, free of charge from. Oh, I like that. Yay. That's good. That's what they're doing in Florida. That was the governor there. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. The bottom of our third hour. And. Honestly, so much of this got started with uh, like women freaking out because they were they were bought they bought into this whole climate change thing, which is theory, but they were they bought into all of this and then were told, well, your gas stove is going to hurt your child, so you better get rid of it. And then it just ascended to a shriek and went from there. That's how that's how all of this started. Golly, I can't imagine. There's so many things that, and remember the study that they based all of this on was they put a gas stove in a room that had no ventilation. They purposefully sealed it up, sealed up like a box and had no ventilation on purpose. None of that. And that's what they, that's what they're basing all of this on. That was the actual study that they did. And they didn't, they don't tell people this when they're sharing, because you know, that's what you do. You literally work in an airtight box. And you have your stove with you in your airtight box. I mean, that's why you have rain. That's why you have hoods. I mean, most, it's just so goofy. They actually, they had to do that to, and lie to you. And they're actually trying to tell you what to do in your own home based upon a, a ridiculous lie. It's just asinine. Leave it alone. So apparently they didn't find any secret documents. After what, a almost four hour search in his uh this beach house yeah no apparently there were no um no documents found it's interesting the national archives was blocked from releasing a statement on anything that was found at biden's think tank did you know that because i didn't know that Uh, apparently this is what james comer said this was something that came out in today's house oversight 
uh, their their meeting. He raised this question last night. It was mentioned again today. He said that the only two entities that have could, could have given that order are Merrick Garland at the DOJ and then the White House. Those are the only two entities that could have given the order. And so now the White House is under fire for not being transparent. So the National Archives were prevented from notifying the public that classified documents had actually been discovered at his CCP shared think tank back in November. And so if that's the way, so you have the President of the United States and his crony over at the DOJ who were all working in concert to suppress this so as to affect an election. And yet you're charged with misinformation. It's amazing. They always are guilty of what they of what they accuse everybody else of doing. This happens every single time. They're the ones who end up being guilty of doing this. Fascinating. Now they hit it. They and they they hit it and ultimately it was Democrats that leaked it out in the first place. I think it was maybe it had to be somebody within DOJ, I think. Good heavens. All right, a couple of other things I want to make sure that we hit on because we've been kind of following a number of things today. Uh, the let me pull this up because apparently the this was this morning earlier today the president had called a lid already of course he did like right after brunch isn't it nice so per the pool report they called a brunch lid from like 9 to 12 30 that's so you so they couldn't answer questions so the so the reporters who were there the White House press pool who follows the president, so they couldn't ask any questions. That's why they called that. Mm-hmm. Interesting, is it not? Very, very. All these people all working together to make this always something. All right, Wokery, because I have more. A cosmetics company is accused of erasing women with an ad that featured a bearded man with lipstick ads in their lipstick ads. NYX. I actually use one of their eyeliners. I will not be anymore. Because I, if they don't, I, I'm not, I can't work with a company that doesn't know what a chick is. I, mean, I just don't feel like they can formulate cosmetics that work with women if they don't know how to define what they are. NYX, I mean, you can get this anywhere. Uh, they apparently, they are, they're being accused of erasing women with their smooth whip lip cream. It's basically just like a liquid lipstick. They had an Instagram post featuring a dude with a beard and they said they were selling their product with it. They used a bearded man to advertise lipstick to women and the women are infuriated. They were slammed in the comments. Slammed. They said men are men and women are women. Stop trying to erase us. People were saying not attractive at all. Stop erasing us. Apparently, said one, you don't need us as your customer base any longer. I'll leave your product like you left me, tired of being marginalized. Not good, said another, for your company using a man. What are you thinking? And so, I mean, there, the, someone was accusing them, there aren't enough women that you can use in your advertising. You had to use a man. Ooh, true. I'm so tired of seeing this. I'm so tired of companies doing this. Remember when, um, what was it? Uh, it was uh, Ulta. Ulta had like a whole thing where they had on uh, these uh, two dudes who were talking about how tough it was to be a woman while they were trying on makeup. Man, I mean, 
Well, I mean, and their black and white women are slamming this. Everybody, and I probably right and left. They're all united. Males taking over a female industry. Yeah, I won't. I won't be using NYX anymore. That's for damn sure. I mean, if they're going to erase women, then you know why would I want to? I'm not going to support this kind of. They say it's cruelty free. It's not cruelty free. You're erasing women. That's actually the the opposite of that. That's it's. Gosh, I'm just. I don't think that's going to work very well for them because usually when these companies do this stuff, it ends up backfiring. It backfired on Ulta. I don't shop at Ulta anymore because I was absolutely dumbfounded when I watched them put two dudes sitting at a table talking about how difficult it was for them to cosplay as women while they were putting makeup on. You know, like we women are dealing with some real issues. I don't need no makeup company or no retailer who sells makeup to put two dudes who are entitled and privileged as all hell at a table together talking about how tough it is for them to cosplay in women face to, in order to, to try to sell their services as a retailer for cosmetics. It's just, it's, man, the, these people are playing a dangerous game here. They're going to lose their customer base. So NYX, you can find it. It's like at Walgreens, it's like at all these different places. It's not a high end thing. It's, um, and the, so I won't be using their stuff anymore. That's for damn sure. Until they can realize what women are. That's true. So this story, police in Connecticut. Have you guys heard about this? This is this has happened before. And it happened again uh, early this. Actually, this is on Monday. So this stems from a case. The latest took place because uh, it's been in court. This stems from a case that started in 2019. Have you ever heard the phrase free range parenting? So free-range parenting is basically parents not being helicopter parents and allowing their kids to do things. And these Connecticut parents, they allowed their kids, ages 7 and 9, to walk to Dunkin' Donuts. And some, some person who wasn't minding their business decided to freak out and call the police on these, on this, this, these parents for, for this. And the Dunkin' Donuts, literally, it was like three blocks away from where they live. And it was the small, it's Killingly, Connecticut. It's this little, you know, town in northeast part of the state. They lived right by their elementary school, the library, the state police. They have all kinds of sidewalks and crosswalks and all this stuff. And they were right by the donut shop. So the kids had $7 and they wanted to go to the donut shop. Uh, It's the Rivers family. And so they decided the kids who were nine and seven years old, they're old enough, they can walk a couple of blocks to the Dunkin' Donuts by themselves and get a donut. And they said that, you know, we uh, didn't think anything of it. You know, their kids are, you know, old enough. They know how to, you know, traverse a, a sidewalk in a small town. And, you know, and they said we, we felt that what we did was safe. So the kids got $7 and they went off on their, on their walk. Well, the river said that a few minutes later, the police knocked on their door. They said the first cop who showed up, and this is via reason, said he did not think it was safe for the kids to walk by themselves. And we told him that while we did feel it was safe, we agreed to not allow them to walk around town unsupervised. The mom said that she thought that would be the end of it, and then three more officers showed up. The first cop sent the husband to go, the dad to go get the kids. They only were two blocks away. Then mom and dad and the kids faced a ton of questions from the police. They told us it wasn't safe. For the kids to walk down their street, there were registered sex offenders everywhere that could kidnap them. Drug dealers are going to give them drugs, all this stuff. 
And when she was trying to counter what she was being told, one of the officers had said, well, do you watch the news? They, there was a police report filed against them. And they were pressing the family to search the sex offender registry to see if their neighbors were on it. They all, the officers claimed that they had received a dozen 911 calls about the kids walking the two blocks during the short period of time they were gone. Rivers thought it was unlikely because they only walked past four other houses. But they charged River, they charged the husband, the dad, with risk of injury to a minor. They charged the mom with the same thing, and then they arrested the husband and took him away. They arrested the dad because the kids walked two blocks to Dunkin' Donuts in their tiny little town in Connecticut. Wow. And so they had to get a lawyer. A sergeant, two days later, visited the house to let them know they were dropping the charges. They, he admitted the law concerning negligence was open to interpretation, and the Rivers, the families told the lawyer that the services maybe wouldn't be necessary, but that wasn't the case because the charges went away, but the Department of Children and Families, they got involved. They have such great track records. So the DCF caseworker, Reason Notes, visited the family twice, interviewed everyone about their total history, and was trying to find some problems. And the family was trying to tell the caseworker, look, the police even admitted that they had overreacted. But the caseworker said, no, you jeopardized your kid's safety. And the uh, when Rivers revealed, when, it, when the caseworker found out that she had baby blues at some point, because it's common, they weaponized that against her. They, told, they ordered her back into therapy. Uh, and they thought, I mean, it took for forever. They said it had a negative impact. The kids were not allowed to walk outside unsupervised, all kinds of stuff. This is insane. Who was the first off? I want to know. I'm very curious as to who even alerted the police in the first place, because this isn't the first time something like this has happened. There was another story that was in the Northeast Coast where uh, uh, two kids literally walked down the road. They could see the playground from their front porch. There are photos online. And they walked down the road to go play on the playground. And what, And they were older. I think the youngest one in this case was like nine and the oldest was 12. And they walked down the road to go and play on the playground. And some ninny nanny, uh, some, you know, busybody, you know, bee from across the street decided to call the police because they said that it was unsafe and the kids were. That is absolutely asinine. So the police showed up. DF, DCF showed up. It was like a whole thing. Now, what gets me is that they immediately, like, no one goes and talks to the parents. If you have an issue, you immediately have to call the police. What a horrible society we live in. You know, this is probably one of the reasons why kids are so screwed up, because you have parents who are out there. When I was younger, I had a miniature three-wheeler. I took that three-wheeler, and I would drive, like, I would take off down, you know, in southern Missouri, down in the Ozarks. I'd take, you know, I'd probably go probably a mile or two miles, and I'd go to the river and play by myself. And catch tadpoles and all kinds of stuff. And this was like in the 80s. This was like in the mid to late 80s when I was doing this. So, I, I mean, I can't even imagine today what, I mean, they, and that was, you know, maybe it was in, because it was in a rural area and people didn't, you know, weren't like that. But, oh my gosh, can you imagine? When, when in the 90s, like we would go to the mall with our friends. Well, now malls don't exist, but I can imagine some busybodies calling the police. Oh my gosh, so-and-so's kids are here ridiculous this is what's wrong with our society part of the reason of what's wrong why kids have so much like baggage today listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time all of this we are going to be implementing this year and i'm saying to people that joe biden uh has earned 
uh, another term. <laughs> Has he, though? That's interesting because that comes from James Clyburn. And as you know, James Clyburn is the reason why Biden's even president in the first place. If it hadn't been for James Clyburn saving Biden uh, back in 2020 before during the primary uh, going into all of that, he would not have won that. He was trailing. He was doing horrifically in the early primaries and caucuses. And by the time he got to South Carolina, it looked I mean, it was if he didn't take that state, he was out. And James Clyburn ended up. Um, being the reason that he got that because James Clyburn took, brought out the vote for him in South Carolina. He told Democrats to go vote for them, vote for, for Biden and made that happen. So that might be a sign from Clyburn that, okay, well, if there are Democrats within the party that are doing this, that might be a sign that he's, you know, he might be, you know, enter. He, I mean, he might be entering this fight. So that's kind of that'll be something to watch, for sure. Something to watch for sure. Make sure that you sign up for the newsletter over at Substack, chapter and verse. Lots of stuff that goes out on that regularly. There's a couple of pieces coming out to you about that too. Uh, in addition, and make sure you find us as well on Facebook, and you can like and subscribe Facebook and YouTube. So far, we haven't been buried on either but you know it remains to be seen all right today in stupidity steve's got some good ones all right as soon as you thought uh covid was out of the news it just comes right back again with all this stuff about the bill yesterday but uh here's sheila jackson lee i got a, I got a double doozy for you so here we, go. we moved we lost a million people on not having that vaccination timely and so i am struck by this legislation the pandemic is not over shots they're booster shots that's why we are living, because we were vaccinated, because we overcame oh the stigma and the wrong-headed information that was scaring people about vaccines. Which info? We didn't lose. What? That what? There's so many things there that are wrong that are not, you know, he's uh, so that it's that vaccine mandate that they say is going to be going away. So we're going to. We're going to see. We'll see indeed. All right, folks, that does it for us today. Stay safe out there, especially if you're in the Texas listening area. And otherwise, have a good night. I'll be back behind the mic with you tomorrow.